This is Michael Easley in Context. For more information, go to michaelincontext.com. And now your host, Dr. Michael Easley. Welcome to the broadcast. We have Ashley Eicher in the studio. Thanks for coming by. Of course. Thanks for having me. You know, reading over your resume takes a long time. <laughs> My word. Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. 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 See, I'm I'm from different places. That's okay. I had somebody argue with me one time if it was Louisville or Louisville. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't argue with the person that grew up there. Uh, it's all dialect. Miss Tennessee, 2004. That is true. We're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, Guilty. 2007, <laughs> you won a Gracie Award for Individual Achievement as an Outstanding program host. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. Fun for you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, on air career, you have been a co host of ABC.com on inaugural coverage of the CMA Awards 2006, uh, Red Carpet Live specials. That's got to be kind of frenetic, crazy. It's so fun. Is it fun? I love the insanity of live television yeah. and, being, and being red carpet, especially for that. That was the first year that ABC had done the deal with the CMA. And so we were sort of the tester to see if anybody would watch any content online. Yeah. And so we now, of course, know that everybody does. But at that time, they didn't. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, three hours of... A live red carpet, but I love it. You Your never know what can happen. That's right. That's the word live, right? That's why I like recorded radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ashley is currently featured as the host and producer of Access Television, Access TV, a premier destination of live events. So you guys go to the live event with the crew, and that's that's the signature of Access. It is. It's a lot of live concerts and live programming, but now turning into more just entertainment base. Okay. Um, but also comedy. We cover a lot of comedy and actually MMA fighting, which is thoroughly entertaining. So season two, you were on the Nashville. Was that a fun set? It was so fun. You know, it's funny. We, I was in one episode for about five to 10 seconds. Hey, and I mean, I'll, resume. Hey, I'll <laughs> take it. But you know, they, they, they've got, it's a fine oiled machine over there. They've got it down pat. Getting everybody out. It's great well, fun. Though. Let's start where I want to start as a father of three daughters and one son. Um, mm-hmm. When did you want to get into the beauty pageant thing? How did that start? It's so funny because I did not grow up doing pageants. And I ended up, when I was in college, I actually was very much a tomboy. Like I would probably, I loved wearing sweatpants to class, which is not stereotypical of a beauty queen, I guess, um, or a pageant girl. And so when I was in college, a couple sorority sisters of mine said, you can sing, you can speak. So we're going to put you up to represent us at Miss MTSU because I went to MTSU. Mm And I looked at them like they were crazy because I'd never done a pageant. And so um, anyway, I did. It was quite the entertaining experience, one that I'm so thankful now that I did. But I remember the first one saying, I don't think I could ever do this again. Like, this is not my world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about a year later, I met a guy that was like, why don't you just let me work with you? Um, And and he did. And so we started doing more and a couple more and then did well and went to Miss Tennessee and did well there. What your dad think of this? Oh, my dad is a pageant dad. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? Interesting. He, uh, he, it's hilarious. He's the sweetest man, but he literally thinks he could judge any pageant, which he probably, <laughs> I mean, he could, but I'm like, dad, you don't need to judge a pageant, but he would, he's very funny about it. He loves them. That is so, interesting. So and it was a wild little, it was a wild journey. I didn't get on, you know, it's not, again, not growing up doing those. I really felt like Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality at times. Like you just kind of, you sort of figure it out. And I think after the first time I went to Miss Tennessee, I ended up in the top 10. 
and kind of looked around like, okay, you know, maybe I could do this again. Okay, Ashley, what goes on in your head and heart to say, why would I do this again? So for me, it was the job of Miss Tennessee. Um, my The deal was that for a year, I would be a spokesperson for the governor and the Department of Education. And so for me, I looked at it as I was going to be this traveling. This is world peace. Now, come on. This isn't okay. world peace. Okay. and. Um, I mean, it could be, but no, it wasn't. But, (laughs) you know, it's fine. I've heard everything. I'm sure. For me, it was more about the fact that I was going to be traveling and speaking to schools and speaking on character education. And so at that point in my life, I just started my career in the music business when I won Miss Tennessee. And I loved what I was doing, but I wanted to be doing more. And so this was an opportunity for me to travel and speak in schools and work with students. And so I saw an opportunity for my life to have a bigger impact beyond just wearing a crown on my head. Mm-hmm. But that definitely provided this opportunity as a platform to be able yeah. to go out and share kind of my heart and the things that I had learned over time as, you know, just growing up and being able to help other people. So that was a really cool part about it for me. A friend of mine that was in Congress for many years um, made the comment to me after a long career. He said, you know, if I'd have known earlier in life, I'd have gone to he was a congressman for one term and then exploited that the rest of my life. Right. Because once he was in political life, and we can vilify reasons for why people do such things, whether right. it's beauty pageants or politics or whatever, but the platform it gave him the rest of his exactly life. exactly what it is. So, okay. All right. That's just, it's just good for, because some parents would maybe overindulge a child with this whole pageantry thing. You got feelings about no, that? No, I mean... That's one of those things that always sort of, I think, concerns me. I get asked to judge a lot of times some of these, you know, pageants for younger girls. I think it's really what is your heart behind it? Pageants can be used in a very beautiful way to help empower young women and help you to learn public speaking skills. I mean, I think for me, that's where I really honed my abilities as public speaking and then being able to communicate and then going on and getting into television from there. But at the same time, there is also sometimes this flip side where it's your heart behind it and why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, again, like the opportunity to travel and speak, but then also, you know, I got a lot of scholarship money Mm. and it paid for my master's. So, you know, for that, I will always be thankful. Let's talk about your spiritual journey. Okay. So obviously this pageantry thing gives you a platform Mm-hmm. But where's your spiritual journey in this process? I mean, I grew up in church. I mean, we were there every time the doors were open. My parents were really active. My grandparents were really active. And so that's just how we were raised. And um, and I grew up singing in church, and which is where okay. those, those skills were developed. Um, I mean, the first time I ever sang in front of an audience was in church. How old were you? I think six or seven. Okay. okay. Um, as far as a solo is concerned, (laughs) but then, you know, going through high school and I was very much, um, I always wanted to be, I think the perfect Christian girl. And I put quotes around that because I always wanted to do everything right, quote unquote. And so, um, I very much had this mentality as much as I loved God and I loved the Lord as a kid. I mean, I became a Christian when I was nine in terms of actually accepting Christ, but it really wasn't until I was in college that I understood what it meant to have a relationship. What was with it God. in college that sort of made it your own? Um, I was around when I was growing up. They they never really talked about relationships. There was I don't want to say there was a lot of legalism. There was just like you should follow these rules and this is exactly what you should do. And so I very much had this mentality: if if I do all these things right, then my relationship with God will be stronger. And I think for me again, it goes back to what is your heart behind it. And so when I was in college, I got involved with Campus Crusade. And did some mission work with them living in Russia and then also in Clearwater, Florida. And so 
I think it was being with people who had grown up a little bit differently Mm -hmm. and learning from them and then being in this environment where it really was about just like a relationship you have with another person. It's building that relationship Mm -hmm. with God um, and spending time with him. And so that's, I can't pinpoint a specific day or a specific time, but it was in college where that process just really started to change and my eyes started to be open. So, you know, by the time I had hit competing in Miss Tennessee, that was already something that was in my life okay. and a very important part of my life. So actually, there, I won talent with a gospel song. So uh, obviously, and you've been asked this, I'm sure, a thousand times. Right. How do you keep your, your faith, your modesty, your orientation with Christ in a world that's very visual? Mm-hmm. It's very measured by, as your dad, your pageant dad would say. Uh, <laughs> He's going to kill me if he hears this and say I call, said I call him pageant dad. Oh, I like it. I'm <laughs> to be sure to send him a copy of it. Oh. Um, so, so, but seriously, so how do you how do you navigate that? I mean, you've heard this question. Yeah, I think it's again, it's very much for me. I think a balance. It's a struggle. If I'm just being really honest, it's hard because I see the magazine covers every day and I see, you know, which, even being way, on television. Which, by the way, overly photoshopped, overly edited. Oh. Oh, no one looks that way. I mean, even Would you if please say that for the record? Nobody is, looks that way. No one looks that way. Would you say I mean, it one more time, please? Nobody looks that way. Because my daughters, when they were young, believed they, they could have looked that way. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I still struggle. It's something I struggle with because being on television and, you know, I go and get new headshots done and you're seeing the things you don't necessarily want to see or realize are there. But we're all getting older. So let's just be honest. It happens. And I wouldn't know a thing about that. I know. I can tell. I can tell. But it's, you know, so you want to Photoshop those things. And but at the same time, you're like, where's the authenticity in that? So I think there has there's a balance Years ago, I came across an article, and uh, Cindy and I, my wife, used to speak in marriage conferences for mm-hmm. 15 some years. And I would read this article about perceptions and reality, and it was the models of the day, the supermodels of the day. And it was an article, and they all listed the things they would change about themselves. These are the top paid models in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The lips, feet, hands chew their cuticles. And it was yep. just astonishing. And they had all this photo spread. It was the USA today article and i thought what a crime that this is not what the girls in america hear well and that's it's well everybody's scared to say that nobody nobody wants to say that i think you know there's a video that colby calais did and and the tri video which was beautifully done yeah and i think the reason it has connected so much is not necessarily about how much makeup we put on or we don't put on it's more about the fact that as women we want to be loved and adored and accepted for who we naturally are, not for who we project ourselves to be. Um, but are you willing to go out and look the way she did without makeup? Funny you say that because I just wrote a blog post about this that I'm about to post where I actually, it was it was hard to take a photo with no makeup on and be okay with it. Because mm-hmm. if I'm being really honest, I don't remember the last time I walked out of the house except to go to like Barry's boot camp or yoga you know, without some form of makeup on. And so it's it's one of those things where we really do live in a world where it's a struggle and it shouldn't be so crazy that a woman, you know, bare face in a music video is just this outlandish thing. Um, but it is because we've lived in this world of thinking everybody is so perfectly Photoshopped all the time. All right. So bring it down to reality. Young girls reading these magazines, looking at not even magazines online now. Mm hmm. The, their whole world's on the on their phone and their iPad. So 
how do you, as a woman who succeeded, quote unquote, in that world, how do you keep that in perspective with Christ sees you not that way? Mm-hmm. The world does. You're a representative of Christ in those environments. I think, and honestly, for me, it is, number one starts with my relationship because I have to keep going back to what is true. But we're also, with the media and the the images that come out all the time, it's almost like we're, we're pushed to do that in some perspective. And so I always have to keep going back to whenever I start to really struggle about just the way I look at myself, because we all have these insecurities to some degree. And... I mean, I struggle with it all the time, and so I think it's... Do you really? I do. Do you hate watching yourself on, on <sighs> YouTube? Drives crazy. I will. I watch it because I need to, to learn, and you kind of, you grow from each experience, but it took me a long time to be able to do that um, because I am very, admittedly, not my greatest trait, but it's like I can be very self-critical where it's I want to nitpick everything, and it's really been a lesson in the last couple of years for me to say... Actually, my best friend said this to me the other day. She's like, Where, stop all the negative self-talk. She's like, why are you talking about my friend that way? Because we do as women, we we apologize for things we don't need to apologize well, for. I wouldn't say it's just women. In, in the preaching pastoral communication world, I don't know a pastor that likes to listen to himself. Right. And, and if he does, he's probably a narcissistic sicko, you know. <laughs> Right. And it's, you realize it's, there's a lot of pride there exactly. and a lot of ego. Exactly. Um, and so I think that, you know, for me, it's, it's having people around me that are grounded. Okay. That, so we're moving to accountability. So you've got a tribe of folks around you who tell mm-hmm. you the truth. Yes. Some, it's painful, actually. <laughs> the truth that they tell. Well, if you had my best friend Courtney on the phone right now, she could tell you all kinds of well, things. Maybe we but, should pull her in. Can we call, grab her and, and pull her in? You call her. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's having that accountability. And I've got really strong women around me that I've been friends with several of them for, you know, eight, 10 years. So we've all walked through some life together and all are just strong, godly women, but are very humble at the same time. And so having that accountability to be able to look at you and say like, you know what? I love you, but this is something you are doing that is not the best for you. Or this is not true of you. If I say something like, Oh, I look fat today or whatever. Um, one day, maybe you're going to have little girls. Mm-hmm. and um, they're going to want to wear bikinis. So as a parent, it changes your perspective a bit because we have objectified women. I don't care. You know, obviously we have lots of, we're in an overly sexualized culture. There's no question right. about it. Um, but in a way, when you put yourself out there on television, when you put yourself out there in a contest, um, think forward a little bit with me. Okay. So how, how do you teach them to differentiate what we're doing with the way we look right and our walk with Christ and the culture and the tension there that is a great question I don't know without having kids I don't know that I can answer that I mean I think I look at my nieces and there are values that you know I want to instill in them and I know that they look to me saying you know you did these things Mm -hmm. um, which were incredible experiences there's there has there's there's some balance um, and I don't have the perfect answer for mm-hmm. what that is, mm-hmm. not having children and being able to. Sure, sure. I mean, it, it's a bit of a you know theoretical question. Right. But, um, again, as a dad of three girls, you know, I, I wanted I used to take my daughters shopping because they would wear things that I considered as a dad inappropriate when right. they were in their early teen years. I go, you don't need to dress this way. And so my solution was I will go, I will pay for things. I will take you shopping and buy you lots of clothes, but I get to approve. 
Right. And my one daughter and I had so much fun because I would always bring the long sleeve turtleneck thing over to her. Of course you would. (laughs) Which dad is not always realistic. What is is wrong with a long sleeve turtleneck to prom? Come on, you could be a trendsetter. I I lost those arguments. I I I bet you did. I bet you did. Three times I lost those arguments. You know, at some level, your faith in Christ Mm -hmm. and to whom you're accountable and I would say more importantly, the people that are in that culture that aren't on the same page that we're talking about is yeah. going to be the greater challenge. It is. Well, and you know, it's funny because it's only been recently, I think, that I've at least allowed things to be on Facebook or Twitter. Like I lead worship at a church in town and there's a photo that was posted that was clear that I was leading worship. And You know, I work in a very mainstream world in television. And so with a lot of different cross sections of people from a lot of different backgrounds of life. And so for me, it's about loving people well. And they know I'm a Christian, but it's not something where I'm like, you know, throwing a Bible in their Mm -hmm. face. That's just not me. You know, it was one of those things recently where someone... One of the guys that I work with called me. He's like, so are you a Bible thumper or something? Because I've gotten a couple of texts about it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I knew immediately he had seen this picture. And But the reality is I'm like, it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter because that's a part of who I am and that's a part of my faith. And so if you're going to be honest about who we are, that's a part of being honest of who you are. Do you ever see that being an opportunity for you to move into those people's lives? Oh, definitely. And even in this conversation, it was it was a definite opportunity for us to just talk about it in a very non-threatening way. It just sort of opened that door to say like, yes, this is a part of my life and this is what I believe. And, and I actually said to him, it's not about, you know, being a Bible thumper or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I think sometimes negative connotations Christians are given, but about having a relationship with God and fostering that relationship. How do you prevent, feel, respond to when men objectify you? I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's sad as I'll tend to, I've been known to give really dirty looks um, mm-hmm. or just say, I don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Where is it the it's, man's responsibility and where is it the woman's responsibility from your perspective? It's such a fine line. It really is. I mean, I think as women, we have to, you need to be aware of what you're wearing. I mean, I think that, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm like, okay, is that a little ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Because we all want to look pretty and be attractive to the opposite sex if we're just being real honest about it. But I think, again, it goes back to what is your motivation behind it and what is your heart behind it? And so, you know, I, I mean, even being in downtown Nashville, like I will see girls, where I'm kind of like, I just wish you would put a little more clothes on. Mm-hmm. But I also think for men, there's there's a balance. Like guys are accountable as well. Like it's not that, you know, I know guys that are really are, are trying to be really strong Christian men that literally will turn away. Mm-hmm. And I have a great respect for that. I mean, then I have other guys that I know that are trying to be very strong Christian men and then I'll just stare and make the comments. So, um, and that's disheartening. So mm-hmm. I think that there, there is a balance that we are all responsible for our own actions. So now you're on a um, red carpet somewhere and it's not the church. It's not Christian men. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I don't think, I don't really know which is worse, to be honest with you. Ouch. Uh-huh. I don't, I have gotten the same from some Christian men as I have from those that aren't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which is, that's a whole different conversation. What's Christ teaching Ashley right now? To love and accept myself for who I am. Hmm. Um, I think that has been, and forgiveness, Forgiveness has been a big theme in my life lately. Um, you know, I think forgiving, we've all made mistakes in our past. And um, 
I was in a relationship for a long time that was a very destructive relationship. And I think finally coming to a place where while I may have forgiven that person at that time, you know, a year or so later, um, I believed a lot of lies for a long period of time. Um, lies that they told, but then about me, but then also things that I started to believe about myself. And so I think for me, it's finally being able and allowing God to heal a lot of that um, and forgiving them, but also forgiving myself. Because I think as a strong woman, I mean, coming out of the world I did with Miss Tennessee and, and going into television, like people think you have it all perfectly together. Mm -hmm. And the reality is none of us do if we're being really honest about it. And so we are all struggling with something. And so I think for me, that's been the theme is um, really believing what the Lord says is true of me, not what this person said to me for a long period of time, but then also forgiving myself for believing it for as long as I did. Can I pass to you a little him. bit? Yeah. Only one person can forgive us. You know, and it's, it's a common, it's, it's a common thing though. And I, I think, I guess it's, maybe it's the hear, acceptance of grace. I hear, that, yeah. Okay. And I hear what you're yeah. saying and I think I know what you mean, but I can't forgive Michael easily for my sins. I can't forgive. Great point. Right. Yes. And I, th I think part of it is, and that's, and some of the world teaching us theology because we yes. hear a lot of Christians, so you got to figure yourself. Well, no, I got to, and as you said, I got to embrace that Christ forgives me. Right. It's, I should have said embracing the grace. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. almost like a white marker board. I tell people, okay, let's put all the sins up there and, and transgressions or shameful things. Right. Let's erase them and say, how does God see me? Mm -hmm. And he sees me through his son who accepted, died for, took on in my place on my behalf. Instead of me, he took all my sin. And so when God looks down at his daughter, Ashley, his son, right. Michael, he doesn't see all that shame, sin, and guilt and he's forgiven us. And I think embracing that, is that being too picky? No, because I'm with you. I mean, I, I see exactly what you're saying. So I think it's more about embracing the grace than yeah. it is. Yeah. But for so often, I think we beat ourselves up. No question. And we, we got beat a lot ourselves of, up of why did I, why did I get into this? Or yeah. why did I believe this? Or, a lot of negative talk. And a lot of times it can look really pretty, you mm -hmm. know, and be kind of in a perfect bow or it, it doesn't look like what it is. How do you see Christ using you? In the future, and granted, you can't, you know, project a career. But when you when you say, okay, these are my gifts, talents, abilities, strengths. This is the platform he's given me for mm -hmm. education, whatever your heart may be. Music. Music. Yeah, I mean, all of the everything I do on television now is mainly behind the scenes with artists mm -hmm. and music based and tours and so much of my career after and before Miss Tennessee. I mean, my degrees are all in music business, mm -hmm. so my world has been the music industry for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, so I think in terms of your question, uh, that's that's definitely my platform and my world. But I think in going through the things over the last several years that I have, and kind of we're talking about forgiveness and kind of mm -hmm. allowing yourself to accept grace, coming to a place where I could not have had the same conversations with women or girls about whether it be dating or pageants or television or the media or whatever it is I don't think had I not gone through kind of the last couple of years of my life and things that were I think broken in me that got healed mm -hmm. um, and just being to be authentic and real about that instead of kind of like what I was talking about earlier you know this where I grew up this people pleasing you know wanting to always be the perfect girl that there's still those tendencies in me mm -hmm. and so realizing that it's the authentic and real and us sharing our stories and what has been redeemed is what is really beautiful mm -hmm. about kind of this path of life. There's a little, maybe not so little girl out there. She's maybe 15, 14, 16, 18. She's hearing you talk right now. 
and you could put your hands on her face and maybe she thinks she's fat or she's ugly or she's short or she's too skinny or whatever. What would you tell her? You are beautiful. You are beautiful because that is what the Lord says is true of you and that you are worthy because you were created. I think that's so often what we struggle with. We look at our insecurities and think we're the only ones. But the reality is you have been given gifts and talents that are unique to only you. So use those and don't let the negative either, you know, the voices and the things that, you know, you hear people say or that are not true of you. That are that's to me is a lie because you are meant for a greater purpose. How can we find out more about Ashley? AshleyEicher.com or Ashley. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know. AshleyEicher.com. Ashley, thanks for coming to the studio today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is Michael. This is so nerve wracking in here. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is Michael Easley in context, and don't let the world teach you theology. <laughs>